Hello, this is Rob. Just want to let you know that this week's topic is about music. And while I believe everything falls under fair use, most podcast platforms are hesitant to allow any type of music that is copyrighted on their shows. So this week I'm going to recommend that you guys go check out our YouTube podcast. It's basically the same thing, but I do include some more visual stuff. On YouTube I'll have a brief clip of the song so you guys can experience it that way. Besides that, YouTube is a little better at understanding fair use sometimes. Go check it out on YouTube, just search in the top podcast. Even if you don't go listen on YouTube, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Lou, and joining me is Rob and Mike. What up, though? Hey, hey. We like to have a fun question each week. Uh, the fun question this week is, if you bought a robot and it could only do one thing, what thing would you make your robot do? What's the limitations <laughs> to this? Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, kid-friendly. I don't know, PG-13, I, I Nothing guess. like that. I mean, like, is this, like, the most intelligent robot? You know, is it just, like, a... A crappy AI. I was kind of uh, wondering the specs of this. this oh robot. no! I mean, like, do you know uh, Rob? Like the Nintendo Rob? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It looks kind of like that. Yeah, it's not a. Uh, it's not like a. Uh, what's that video game called with the robots? It's not like a, a human looking. Okay. It's a robot looking robot. It is as intelligent as you want it to be. Oh, okay. Okay. I just feel like if I could have a robot to do my chores, which we're going to get there eventually, I uh, I just don't like doing chores. So like I would like cooking. I like yeah, cooking, so a... I'll do that. But like you know, cleaning the house, no, thank you. All right, so but it has to do one thing. Though. One it can't thing. Just add one thing. You can't just it can't do all chores. What, what's your answer? I'm gonna try to. <laughs> oh, uh, my answer is folding and putting away laundry. I feel like that's one continuous thing. If it's two things, I guess mm-hmm. putting honestly putting away laundry is harder. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say you'd rather fold laundry than put away laundry? Yeah, yeah. I just like I just hate the running back and forth. I just that's just not. I, I hate that part. Yeah, the I, most. I don't really even put my laundry away, and my wife hates it. So my my big brain answer would be if this can be anything, I'd want it to be. I'd want it to be the world's best poker player, and then do online poker and just rank in the money. But realistically, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just gonna have it like you know. Clean the bathroom. All right, I see. I'm I'm inclined to. Oh, never mind. I'd have it drive. (laughs) I would have a robot that could drive me. Please, we're not far from that. We are not. No, but technically, get a Tesla right now. Well, yeah, but uh, on the off chance I get pulled over, then I get you're gonna get hit for driving without a license. But if I got a real like I got a robot that looks like something driving, Mm -hmm. you know, it's got a picture of my wife taped to it. They, they'll think it's a real person <laughs> feel free to comment on our socials any questions you have and maybe uh maybe we'll read them out so the topic of the day is songs that you wish top five songs that you wish you could hear for the first time again how uh was your guys experience in collecting all these songs well i was gonna ask how you guys went about it because i think i probably went a little more in depth at least than michael i had four come to mind immediately I trimmed one of them, and then the other two were just like I, when I stopped and really thought about songs that blew my mind the first time I heard them, and like kind of changed my perspective on what music could be. I really wanted to include, but couldn't think of a good overplayed song. Like you know, like there's some songs where you hear it and you're like, "Oh, this song's awesome," and then you hear it 500 more times and you're like, "I hate this song." Um, like, don't I wanted stop to include believing. one of those. You know, I don't hear "Don't Stop Believing" all that often. It's played um, at every Detroit sport venue. Oh my gosh! It's like see, I, 
I don't go to live sports. I'm not about it. But I get what you're saying. I know Andrew absolutely hates Mr. Brightside because of uh, U of M football. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Africa, though, has not been tainted for me. I know that's big in the Lions, or at least it was a couple years ago. Yeah, it's an okay song. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it, I think it's Sweet Caroline. There's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that gets played a lot. Uh, Don't Stop Believing, I think, it was big in, like, 2010. Yeah. That's when it was, like, hopping. Oh, right, because they say South Detroit. I forget about yep. that. Which is actually Windsor, for anyone that's not familiar with Michigan uh, geography. South of Detroit, you get Canada. Lou, how did you uh, so pick weird. your list? So I tried a couple different things. I tried to pick one song in each genre. Because I, I have a pretty wide range of music that I enjoy. But then as I like kept doing that, I started noticing that there were music that I was just was letting go that I just couldn't. And then I just went tried to do my favorite artist. So I have like a handful of favorite artists that I really, really enjoy. But... Then I noticed that, like, just because they were my favorite artists, they didn't have the most impactful songs. So really, I think um, Mike really kind of, I think, hinted towards it. Just, like, music that just changed my mind on what music could be. Mm-hmm. Um, music that, like, was like, I didn't know that you could do that, that kind of stuff. So uh, that's that's kind of, like, what the, the vibe that I'm trying to give out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so me, like, the night... After we recorded, I got in bed, and before bed, I like made this huge playlist of songs that I was just getting off the top of my head going through my library. It ended up being like I think like seventy-two songs, and thankfully, I I went took a trip to Tulsa this weekend, so we we drove three and a half hours to get to the airport because the one in town is just awful, and it's a lot cheaper to go elsewhere. So we drove, listened to the whole playlist there, and I ended up trimming that even more into like I think it ended up being like eighteen songs. This is my my final runners. And I'm going to check check the show notes for this, or if you're on YouTube, check the description. I'm going to put a link to my Google Music or YouTube Music playlist so you can go see what those kind of 18 songs were, because I think they're all great songs. But yeah, it was there's some I even switched out like an hour before where I'm like, I like I love this song. I think it's better than I like I like it better than what I put on there. But like you had to kind of know the story behind the song, and you don't get that quite the first listen. So I tried to take it quite literally as first time it has to be like an instant hit hit instantly and some of that is what you two have said where like it changes the way you think or that's not possible so i tried to look at that objective way where there i have so many songs that i've liked long the more and more i listen to where like when i've heard the story behind it and i kind of tried to cut that part of it out and Mm -hmm. just skim and it was it was hard for me this was i i enjoyed this topic i love music but this was a hard choice for me that that was something i really liked about the question though so like for example when we did npcs i felt like it was kind of a almost like oh hey we're just gonna preview mike's top five games like that was my list like four out of my top five were in npcs but with like all my favorite bands and all my favorite albums and songs are songs that i've had to listen to over and over to really appreciate and so this is kind of like a chance to talk about songs that probably wouldn't make favorites lists necessarily but they they fit into the the topic in an interesting way so I i thought this was just a super cool pick this episode of the Top Podcast is brought to you by our Instagram page. Follow us on Instagram at the Top Podcast, all one word. That's the with two e's. On our Instagram, we post a lot of random videos and then clips of the podcast and some look behind the scenes. Also, feel free to ask us any questions that we can read at the beginning of the show. Just go ahead and comment on any of our posts, and Mike will see it and hopefully get back to you. Remember, that's T H E E T O P P O D C A S T, the Top Podcast on Instagram. Hope to see you in the metaverse. 
All right, I'll start it off. Uh, so the number my number five is "Me and Your Mama" uh, by Childish Gambino. Uh, album is called "Awaken My Love." I think it's an, an amazing song. <laughs> what was the What was the laugh? Oh, I just—he's a funny guy, man. Like his music is so good, but it's it's so interesting the way he like. At least it's been a long time since I listened to him, but the way he would weave almost comedy into his his lyrics yeah. was. Or it was, it was like, it was just so clever that it couldn't help but make you laugh. It wasn't inherently funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that song title is just subjectively hysterical. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like, uh, Mike, you're, you're able to like to talk about what I want to share in a different way. And I, I really do appreciate your view on things. But yeah, um, that's why I asked why you were laughing. So yeah, me and your mama, I, uh, this whole album I think is a hit. Uh, I think Donald Glover is, it's weird how he's good at everything he touches. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. I recommend, I recommend you listen to the song in your, on, in, on your headphones, in your car or with headphones, just because uh, it is, it is just, uh, it's, it is just a full experience. The whole album is, I think, but this one for sure. So I did a couple of some research on this song uh, and I, sometimes artists are super, artisty about it where it's like they don't want to share uh their opinion they want you to i think they want you to come up with their own opinion so i i to my understanding this song is about a broken relationship but uh he's so in love with this girl that he's trying so hard to stay together with her mm-hmm. is he like talking to her just, mom uh, like about like how does the mom come in or is... I, uh i i think to my to my understanding it's a i the song is a ode to uh miss jackson by the uh, I'm sorry, Jackson. Yeah. Outcast. So I think it's I think it's an ode to this, and I think the mama is the the woman that he's in love with. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's actually mm-hmm. talking about. I think the the woman just has so, a kid. A little so. bit of a little bit of young gravy right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a pull! But yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's something like that. Yeah, it starts off the way that I think it's a it's a kind of a broken relationship. Is because it starts off with uh, I love when we're smoking that la la la. And I think that like in in their relationship they're they're high a lot, and uh, I think like in a relationship where you're always high, you never really get to know the person. I think they're just like masking themselves by by being high together and not dealing with their problems in the relationship. That is just my interpretation. If it's completely wrong, uh, it's art. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, that's yeah. my number five. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up like listening to music in the car, or especially on headphones. Like getting a nice pair of headphones is a game changer because there's there's a lot of songs yeah. where the artist will like hide things in the back, and you really don't. If you have a cheap <laughs> pair of headphones or you know bad audio quality, you don't get that. And it's like most of the time, if you have a favorite song, get a really nice pair of headphones, and you'll probably notice something new that you didn't notice about it before. So I I can't speak enough. That's one of the things I always ball out on is my headphones because I I love music and I just go get yourself some good headphones video games too is a uh, i think you should wear headphones as well because what you were saying how uh creators will hide different sounds and yeah i, th- I think it's important for sure my number five uh, was made in 2003 it is sing for the moment by eminem on the album the eminem show and really what are we talking about like changing music this is the first time i really understood like what a sample was especially when it comes to rap music so if you don't know what a sample is that's when they mm-hmm. When an artist uses slash references another musician's work. So this song 
has the the guitar riff and some of Mick Jagger's vocals for the song Dream On by Aerosmith. And I it blew my mind the first time I heard it because he then incorporates his own beat on it and he's rapping over, you know, the guitar riff Mick- for for Dream On. And Mick Jagger's just in the chorus. And it's like kind of a, a hook. He uses Mick Jagger's um Sing With Me, like for a hook. It's uh, kind of one of the more serious Eminem songs. It's not his his crazy, slim, shady personality. So it's a little easier to, you know, introduce the people. But yeah, I think that one just kind of changed for me and just the how having another tune can give it a second life. And I think obviously like the artist that's, I think most well known for this is Kanye, but it was Sing for the, Sing for the Moment by Eminem that really introduced me what good sampling is and how it can really enhance and just completely change your views on a song you mean Steven tyler from aerosmith you're right sorry it's rolling stones yeah i just <laughs> like you, you had such a well like you had such a good like well said part all i heard was mick jagger aerosmith and i was like no no yeah, no steven tyler i'm gonna i just go i'll go over and say and the vocals by Steven Tyler. <laughs> no, I heard Mike get so triggered. I, I Well, I, I didn't want to interrupt. Like I was like, do I let him just <laughs> keep going and be wrong and then say something after? Do I interrupt? What do I do? That's I got to say something. I <laughs> I just was looking up Mick Jagger Aerosmith. Yeah. Just to see if I was wrong and it was and the first thing was a was Aerosmith a clone for the Rolling Stones in his early years as Mick Jagger? It's <laughs> like, go. no, I don't think this is right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> wasn't the I've big... never been a big Stones guy either. Yeah, or I wasn't even, I'm not a big Aerosmith. Like, each of them, I like their hits, but that's about it. And my brain just... Yeah, they got a few good songs, up. but I'm not crazy yeah. about them. That's cool, though, that he, uh, that he, like, he used that uh, sample from that song. I could see that being pretty sweet. Yeah, I remember I was playing it. Have you heard that song before? No, rap and hip hop is not really my genre. Uh, I'm 90, oh, dude. Um, if you take all my uh, my video game preferences and just like assume all of my preferences are equally equally dated, you'd be pretty. You'd be like 95 percent correct. So we get you some I mean, early, early hip hop. That was it the sugar. Is the Sugar Hill Gang? Is that what they're called? Like the. I went to the hat store today and I bought myself a hat. Ha! Which is which is a uh, it's a reference to Donald Glover. A, <laughs> yes, it pull. is. <laughs> what a pull! Man, wow. that old rap music—that's the real rap music. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to have derailed your uh, your thing. Is that all we have to say about five? Yeah, yeah that's all I have to okay. say about. So, so my number five is honestly, it's like I could flip a coin between my four and my five. It's uh, "Wanted Dead or Alive" by Bon Jovi, and I I got into eighty metal because of Guitar Hero, like mm-hmm. a lot of people my age. And my dad was like, "Oh, if you like, if you, if you, you know, if you're looking for some good hair metal, you should look up "Wanted Dead or Alive" by Bon Jovi." And I was like, "All right, yeah, sure." And I started listening to it, and I was like, "Why the?" He- why did he tell me to listen to a cowboy song? This doesn't sound anything like this music I've been like starting to like. And then that that solo rips in towards uh, like the two thirds portion of the song, and I was like, "Oh!" And it just it blew my mind. And most songs on that album have been have been songs that I've learned to appreciate more as I've listened. And uh, that one is one where I was just like, I feel like I got everything out of this right on the first go. And it's still fun to listen to, but it, it'll never be the same again. So it'd be cool to be able to experience that uh, 
just that wailing guitar solo for the first time. The intro to One Dead or Alive is one of the few like guitar intros I knew by heart because I never really played that much. Oh, you could play that? that one. Yeah. Well, the it's not hard. I said not the guitar solo, the intro. No, no, the, yeah, the yeah, the do 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 I uh, it I, I never like finger picky stuff much, so I, I never actually learned to play it. It's actually just uh, a lot of sliding your finger. It's like you're, it's mostly you're having the same finger placement on the frets. So you're just sliding up and down the, mm. the neck. That makes sense. But Lou, what were you gonna say about Slippery? Oh, Slippery When Wet, I think is just a a wild album name. But <laughs> right. There, he has a ton of a ton of bangers on it. I think if you want to get into, that's a really good like intro to get into that kind of music is, is that album for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I'm, I speak a lot of sacrilege because I think New Jersey, the album that came after it is better, but the more time I spend with both of them, the more it closes the gap. And I, I think I'm always going to like New Jersey more, but it is, it's close. They're both just spectacular albums. Don't you have that in buyer's remorse? You have that little, yes. Uh, so buyer's remorse is a short story I wrote. And it just it worked out perfectly where the chat the it's three chapters long and each chapter is a song off of New Jersey by Bon Jovi and they just happened to work out where it's not like the three songs are sequentially one after the other on the album but they it, it does go in order of appearance so chapter one is uh, the the opening song off the album and then chapter two I think is like track four and then chapter three is eight or nine or something like that that's it just kind of worked out perfectly i was trying to do the same thing with star trek titles just because i thought it'd be fun and it didn't work out and then i started listening to that album and i was like oh, i can just bop, 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 and it just worked itself out perfectly i, I did not know fun. that yep it was a total accident like most great art not that i think that short story is great art it's actually uh dropped in my estimation over time but um i'm still pretty happy with it and you how do uh how could I read your stuff? Because I never actually read any of your short stories. I will shoot you a copy of the completed manuscript because as of yesterday, I am done with a seventy-seven thousand word short story collection and looking for beta readers. So anybody who wants to read my stuff, hit us up on uh, on all the socials, and I will happily send you a free copy if you just tell me what you think. Also, shout out to your wife. She did a ton of the illustrations for. Um, there's a novella that's probably half of the the total wor- word count, and she did all the chapter titles. And she also did the map, and the map is freaking gorgeous. She absolutely crushed it. So thank you very much, Becca, for being a beast. Becca the beast. All right, uh, all right. Shameless plug f- over. <laughs> my number four is Blackbird. Uh, by Alter Bridge. Uh, the album is called Blackbird. So Alter Bridge. So I, I did. I did. I didn't say this. I should have said this in the beginning. All these songs I hold very close to my heart. Uh, and and I'm a kind of guy who doesn't like to share music very much because I feel like, uh, you know, the whole like pass me the ox chord. I very rarely am gonna mm. like. I'm I'm gonna play something that I think you might like versus the things that like I hold. Uh, just because I get super sad when I don't get the same energy that I expect, like out of the people, I think that's more of a me problem than than another person problem. But uh, these, all these songs, I hold super close to my heart. So if you guys say like any mean comments, I'm gonna cry. You don't want to see me cry. 
Alter Bridge is my all-time favorite band. I have, I've loved Alter Bridge since I've been in like third grade, fourth grade. It's total dad rock, but I just it the music is just it just feels pure. The first three albums you can't go wrong. I've been as I get older, I I can appreciate an album more than I can appreciate like a single. Amen. Yeah, and so I hope we we will talk about albums at some point. But yeah, so this song is about uh, the main singer, the lead singer, his friend passed away. Uh, But while he was struggling uh, with his health, they wrote this song for him. And and it's pretty much about people that you love dying too early. Pretty much like the whole idea of like the blackbird just like flying away um, too early. Again, like it's just it's just a beautiful song. I think I I could have listed off four or five songs that I'd like to hear again for the first time. And then Mark Tremonti, the guitarist, and he is guy pound is for awesome. pound. Pound for pound, I think he's the best guitarist uh, of all time. At least you, you can't say best guitarist without at least getting putting him in the subject. So my favorite, so I won't do this. I don't think I'm going to do this for any other song, but uh, I just the lyrics on this, I think it's just crazy. It's the, the fragile can adore, the wreck and the jaded, a place so impure. The static of this cruel world causes some birds to fly long before they sing their days. Just like, ugh, right in the heart. Yeah, this is a really good song. I, I, I didn't get into Alter Bridge 3, but I really I really like those first two albums. And I almost put Open Your Eyes on, on this one, because the guitar solo for that was one as a, a burgeoning rock enthusiast. When, when I heard that, it was just a another total game changer for me. Uh, for my... For my number four, it's the only song I heard when it came out. That is a Hospital for Souls, which came out in 2013 by Bring Me the Horizon on their Sempiternal album. And this is a it's a it's a metalcore song, so you're probably if you go and listen to it, you might be a little surprised or what most people call a screamo. It's a little more tame on this one, but this song it's just it's such a heavy hitter. It deals with topics like trying to the end drug addiction and what going through that and just mental health issues in general. And it hits like a freight train every time I hear it. And for for a while there, I won't get into the details, but I had some not so healthy, not so not so healthy habits, and I was really only feeling through music. And this song just like every time, like I, I wanted to feel song or feel like sad or you know mellow, but couldn't. I'd go and listen to the song. Yeah, it's it's something like I, I wish I could like kind of experience that again for the first time and just. Uh, all the feels and the the emotional how it speaks to me emotionally and uh, and because of it's a emotional and the topic of it, it just push out some other bring me the horizon songs that were i contemplated putting on my list that are in the honorable mentions that you can listen to in my playlist yeah, i never really got into that scene so i feel like i need to like do some backlogging on a lot of that stuff i, I can send you um, some you got to be careful with bring me the horizon though because they originally were like i think a, a death metal band then they moved to more metalcore which is with this album but then they they turned kind of pop, and I think they actually had a pretty decent sized pop image, so it's like a rock pop. And I think now they're doing like a, a pop metal type thing. So it's really interesting. I don't like their pop phase, but their the new album has some good songs that are more uh, metal. But you know, it's it's interesting to see how a band can completely change their song and still find success because the scene died a decade ago. Yeah, it was never it was never my thing. I always wanted to like it, but it was just a little it was a little heavy, and I could. The whole if you can't understand what they're saying thing, not if, yeah, I just couldn't. Like some people were like, Yeah, no, I like these lyrics. I was like, Those aren't those aren't lyrics, that's rocks in their throat. Like I, I yeah. Never uh, I was never able to get into it, but I always really wanted to. It's something where like it's kinda like a language where once you listen to it more you can definitely hear more, but you can like understand it and get to the point where you don't need to mm-hmm. listen to it. But if like if you're ever trying to break into the metal metalcore scene, 
like just sit down with like um the lyrics in front of you and you can kind of start to learn that artist and then once you learn that artist it's easier to distinguish other artists and like what they're saying and all that so you'll get there it makes sense that's how learning to like brings bruce springsteen was for me because that guy just sounds like he's got a sinus infection the whole time yeah like i just can't understand what he's saying and it's like i just it, it was through lyric reading and sheer force of will that I was able to be like, oh, wow, this guy's actually a brilliant songwriter. I just, you wouldn't know from uh, the John Travolta with the head cold impression the guy's doing. <laughs> Listen to any anything from his prime and you'll be like, oh, I know exactly what Mike's talking about. It's it's hard to describe, but he's, uh, he's difficult to understand, but kind of a brilliant lyricist. My number four is uh, another oldie but goodie, and it is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And... I feel like if you've ever heard the song, that's all the explanation you need. Um, but on the off chance that you have it, um, it the song came about from Freddie Mercury. almost lost his name there. Uh, he had three different songs that he just couldn't finish. And so he was just like, nah, screw it, and just shoved them all together. So you just you are never ready for where this song is going. And it's just, it goes all over the place. It's wild. It's really long, but in a good way. And it's just, you just go on a total journey with this song. And the first time I heard it, it was just, it was so much fun because it was just twist and turn and, you know, craziness. And it was like, it doesn't even feel like it makes sense. And in hindsight, it's like, well, it doesn't. It's just three songs kind of shoved together, but it just, it works. And it's an absolute blast. And my freshman year at Spring Arbor, they had us do this thing where with, um, basically they had a class, I forget what, it was called Core. And it was like, hey, you're going to get together with this other group of freshmen and we're going to teach you how to do well on your own as young adults. Part of that was you had to go do a weekend at a farm and you spent 24 hours working on the farm, 24 hours completely outside. Like you just went and camped for a day, essentially. And then the Friday when you got there, you, you did some like basic trust exercise games, which were eh, whatever. We ended up sleeping in the upstairs of some random barn and it was just a bunch of college dudes and ryan who is a good friend of baby jay and myself he he just started singing bohemian rhapsody and uh within 30 seconds every single person in the barn was singing some part of the song so some people were just singing out the piano bits and the people who knew the words were singing the words and it was it was genuinely almost, it was, it was, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. And so that song has a special place in my heart just f from a, a youngness, soldier place. And then also it'd be cool to be able to experience just the, the wild ride that is Bohemian Rhapsody again. I love the scene from the, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody where they're like, this song will never be big on the radio and all that. And then like cuts to when the song is <laughs> just taken off and everything, the, the old, like, producer or whatever or publisher is just like oh my gosh and like they just keep on hearing how big the song's getting all that i just thought it was hilarious yeah the that's first time idea. i heard the song was in is in wayne's world that's the first time i ever heard the song mm. yeah where they're in the car that's i was a... like what song is this this is crazy all right back to me so yeah so my third pick uh i picked this because it reminded me of the times where you get to the certain age where you are only listening to like your parents music but then you get to to an age where you get to listen to your own music, and that I think I got a Zune. I can't remember my first. It the wasn't a. It was definitely was not the Microsoft uh, version of iPod. Yeah, I think it was a Zune, yeah, or it was, it was just like 
it was because I remember having a Zoom, but I remember having like a super cheap one that was like as big as like my thumb, and it only had I only could put like thirty songs on it. Do you, do you guys had did you guys have LimeWire back in the day? I didn't, but I had a friend down the street who had LimeWire, and if I didn't let my parents notice what songs were on my uh, I had an MP3 player. I didn't even have a Zoom. It was just a generic third party. I just had to make sure they didn't realize that I had music that we didn't own on there. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I uh, allegedly got stuff from by other means, but I my first MP3 player was also a, a SanDisk like MP3 player. I think it had like one gigabyte yeah. on it or something, and like it's crazy yeah. how how big that used to seem. And now it's just like, oh my gosh, Dude, it's uh, nothing. You said that, and I was like, you had a gig. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, was counting but, megabytes, uh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think that was when my first one. I don't think it was a Zoom. I think it was one of the, the ones that you guys are explaining. But yeah, I just like that really opened my world up to like being able to listen to music without having any supervision. And uh, this is one of the songs um, that was just like part of that escapade of of musical talent and love. It was called uh, it's called I Used to Lover by Common, and the album was called Resurrection. Uh, I think Common is a really underrated rapper. I think it's kind of an underrated uh, uh, actor, too. I think he did really good on John Wick. I think the second one? I don't know if you guys are John Wick fans. I've only seen the first one. Fair enough. I respect it. Uh, the first one is usually the best. So so there's a... there's a, I don't... I can't explain too much of it because there's actually a theme to the song. And so it, it's hard to explain. But I think if you love hip-hop or if you're trying to get into hip-hop, I think this is like a really good way to get into it. It's not raunchy by any means uh and it, it tells it just tells like a story and it's not just uh it's just not trying to get you hooked it's not not get you hooked but just like it, it's not like a common song that you hear on the radio nowadays there's actual love in the music and there's a story and um it's just really good and at the end it just like my jaw was like on the ground at like seventh grade i was just like i cannot believe he like he did this. So it's a lot to desire. I didn't explain it very well, but please listen to it if you never heard it before. And if you love hip hop, I think it's a must. Lou, you might have just inspired me to change one of my songs. Ooh. And it'll, if I do, it'll make sense. But that's all I can say. Cause I thought you were going somewhere totally different. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh man, what I wouldn't give to hear that song again. That'll be interesting. I, I do think it's really interesting, though, the songs that you start listening to when you just get total autonomy of your music. Yeah, because it's usually, like, it's completely the opposite of what I've been listening to. Because, like, my dad was a my huge Creed fan. Mm-hmm. And so that makes I was sense. Like, if, I was like, if I hear Creed one more time, and so I was like, instead of Creed, I'm going to listen to Alter Bridge, which is, like, everything's the same except for the, the lead singer. <laughs> so... So, yeah, that, that um, I was gonna I was gonna let you get there on your own if you didn't, but if like if you didn't, <laughs> I was gonna roast you super hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I just like I grew up in Detroit this whole time, but I never got to listen to like rap outside of like just stuff on the radio. So like a lot of Snoop Dogg. I was like, I need to figure out like I need some Tupac, some Biggie. Uh, I, I don't listen to them a lot anymore because of the messages they they have they are trying to portray. I think they were. I think they needed to go to counseling for sure. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what, me. What what era of hip-hop was Common? Because I've never even heard of Common. 
Kind of in his uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. And he's dabbled throughout the times. Uh, but Resurrection, I think, is, 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 is the album that I think is to listen to. I think the rest of his stuff is, is not as good as that one. Yeah, the, uh, the songs I listened to when I had free reign to just get whatever I wanted were um, Nobody Want to See Us Together by Akon. And <laughs> Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani featuring Akon. <laughs> and the much maligned in the church community smacked at. Yep. Featuring Eminem. Oh, was it really? Featuring... Yeah. That meant nothing to me in seventh grade. I think that's the only song by Akon I know. And then he features in a Lonely Island song. I feel like those are the only two Akon songs I know. Legitimately, I will still listen to Nobody Want to See Us Together and Down. Like that song, like. It's got to be pure nostalgia, but for me at least, it holds up. My when I started listening to my own music, I went to like heavy metal and metalcore and all that, so it was uh, very different than what I was allowed to listen to or what I would listen to without headphones on. Right. I don't know if did your mom ever catch you? No, and I don't know. I don't know if metal if she would have had a problem with it. She might have just been like, I don't want to hear that. Put on headphones. But I think if I if I was into rap in high school, she would have said some things. Because just like the the stigma that rap has, because there there is a lot of what was the the phrase you used. There there's a lot of um, raunchiness and stuff to it. But I mean, it's usually yeah. made by men in their young twenties, and people write about things they like and what they do, and that's what a lot of uh, you know people with money in their their twenties do, and you know, so it's a reflection right. of themselves. So yeah. not all rap is like that. If if you're not a fan of rap because of the message. There are good rappers out there and that have better messages. And also, I love a good lyricist, someone that actually puts time to the lyrics. Amen, brother. I remember when you, I remember being around when you had that switch, when you started listening to outside of like your genre. And I was like, I was like, heck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I like really anything besides country. Do you. Do you remember the night where we were uh, we listened to the Bo Burnham country song, and yeah. you listened? To, we listened to the first half, and you sent it to someone, somebody someone. from from Integrate who liked country music, and it was like, ah, that's funny. And then the second half of the song comes on, and it gets really raunchy, and you're like, oh no, what did I just do? Yeah, <laughs> like, he prematurely sent the song. <laughs> and then it got like it got oh my gosh great song great song great great moment the scarecrow super fun to see the panic <laughs> scarecrow again <laughs> oh, i love bo burnham so my my top three you could really put them in any order i feel like any day they could be separated for this but my number three is voodoo child Made in 1968 by Jimi Hendrix on the Electric Ladyland album. And when most people hear Voodoo Child, they think of the, the radio friendly and the last song of the album. It's called Voodoo Child's Slight Return. But I'm talking about the 15 minute long masterpiece he has in the album. And it's um, really like 15 minutes. That's a huge long song. And I'm not really a fan of, you know, 10 minute songs. Like I know Tool has a lot of long songs and I, I just can't do it. But this one, it, it seems like they planned it, but it, it has like that jam session type type vibe to it and there's parts where it seems like most intermittent most instruments get like their own solo and they're kind of just riffing off each other and it, it just seems like a group of musicians that are there just playing their their heart out on their instruments and man it is, it is so great and I, I love Jimi hendrix and his, his music so i'd recommend it if you have time to kill go listen to the voodoo child by Jimi hendrix it is 
not it's not voodoo child the d is actually an e it has to do with the uh the phonetic way of like how a kid would say child which i didn't know till i did research for this so i just brain autocorrected to d but no it's actually an e at the end i did not know that there was a full version of that i didn't realize that the the radio version was not the original i'm definitely gonna have to check that out yeah and because uh that was another one on the list of songs my dad gave me to check out when i was getting into the older stuff mm-hmm and it's actually his longest studio like recorded song, so that's cool. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure he has it's like yeah. two Freebirds. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure he has some longer like live songs. So especially a lot of those like classic rock artists, they would just play. Like I think Led Zeppelin had a, a 30, 40 minutes, or maybe 20 minutes of Moby Dick and like songs like that, and they would just—it's crazy how long they would play. They'd have like three-hour-long concerts and all that. Dang, I did not know that. I. Uh... I never could get into Led Zeppelin, man. Sure, uh, your uncle is not happy about that. I know he's a big Zeppelin oh, fan. Oh, dude, I, I I hear about it all the time. He, you know, what he started doing now is he's he's found some cover bands who do really good covers of Zeppelin. And so I'll say I could never get into it. It's specifically it's uh it's Robert Plant's voice just mm-hmm. nails on a chalkboard for me. And so he'll start pulling up covers. And I'm like I I'm thank you. I'm good. Yes, the, Jimmy Page was incredible. I get it. Not my thing. Yeah, I remember one time we was we were playing poker night with your uncle, and I said something like Led Zeppelin Ford, and he's like, actually the album didn't have a name. It was just you know. And everyone just calls it Led Zeppelin. And I just got so corrected. I'm like, my goodness. Like, everyone calls it got, Led Zeppelin um, 4. Just call it Led Zeppelin 4. Right. Is, is that the one with the four uh, symbols on the cover? Yeah. with uh, it has It's supposed to be Bilbo or Frodo. It's one of the Hobbits because they were a big Lord of the Rings fan. Mm-hmm. So inside the cover is uh, Bilbo or Frodo, one of the Hobbits. And inside it's supposed to be like Gandalf with a, a lantern and everything. Okay. Yeah, because uh, he's got he's got the four symbols tattooed uh, like down his uh, the side of his chest, which is how I learned uh, like how I was I came across the information uh, that tattoos on your chest are miserable, um, and then I learned that information when I got a tattoo on my chest, which you know sometimes you got to touch the stove. Were you gonna get that tattoo? I, I never in? heard that before, man. I don't know. I think about getting the tattoo filled in all the time. It just it hurt. Like nothing I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Like it, it felt like getting your chest just slowly cut open. Um, and I've gotten other tattoos, and it's like, oh, that's even at its worst. Other tattoos did not come anywhere near just your chest. Well, I didn't know if the original plan was to have it filled in, and then like they did the outline, and you're just like, I'm oh, done. Or yeah, initially it was going to be. So we went into the shop and got it. Uh, they priced it out, and I was like, okay, I have enough for this tattoo if I if the guy and i was young and stupid so i was like you know what yeah let's do it and i'll just come back and give him money after because I, I worked in a restaurant so i was like i'll work my shift tonight come back and give him 50 bucks which don't do that that's that's not cool yeah. um yeah. and uh he got about one inch into the outline and i was like how about we just do the outline today um and then i had enough money to tip him and it all worked out <laughs> but yeah no that was just a truly awful experience oh did Ever get tattooed? Don't get it on the chest. Yeah, or at least not first. Work your way up to it. That was my first ever tattoo, which is a big chest piece, which I'm still glad I have. But man, it hurt. All right. Um, my number three, inspired by Lou, is "Used to Love Her" by Guns N' Roses. And uh, if you've heard this song, but yeah, okay, that is the appropriate reaction. It is possibly <laughs> the funniest song I've ever heard in my life and i'm a big bo burnham fan the the lyrics go i used to love her but i had to kill her i used to love her but i had to kill her i had to put her 
six feet under, and I can still hear her complain. And the whole thing is just set to, like, swinging southern blues. And it is, like, it's so not okay. And it's just, it's like, it's like sacrilegious level of just, like, nah, human life doesn't matter. But something about the way they present it is just hysterically funny. And the, the first time I heard it was in the car with my dad. And I tackled like a madman the whole time. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. And it's also got a pretty fun guitar solo. So I cannot handle like more than two songs by Axl Rose in a row. That's fair. I'm not a huge Axl Rose guy either. But, you know, if you haven't just listened to Guns N' Roses and you want to smile, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, I also recommend this song right before You Still Love Her called Patience. I think it's also a really good song. <laughs> um, the irony of that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But yeah, I think it's just because like Guns N' Roses uh, had a sound and they were just like, ah, let's just do something different about murdering yeah. your wife. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like it went from hard. It depends on who you ask. Hair metal, hair metal adjacent. I've gotten into pretty extensive debates with uh, with my uncles about what constitutes hair metal and what doesn't. And we never really came to a conclusion, even though I was right. But yeah, that, that's the other thing that's weird about that is it's just like, it doesn't sound like Guns N' Roses at all. Good song. I don't recommend killing your wife, though. Don't do that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, not, not pro-Bousicide. <laughs> um, but uh, the song's funny. Song's funny. Yeah. And it's good. It's a good tune. It's a, a new fun trivia night. What to, What does Eminem and and Guns N' Roses have in common. <laughs> yeah, it um uh, yeah, when 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 Lou said I used to love her, I was like, dang it, I wish I had thought to put that one on there. And then you were like, by come, and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna have to make an audible. <laughs> we're gonna have to switch out. I didn't even put two to two together. I like both songs too. That's the I I liked both songs. I don't really listen to Guns N' Roses anymore. At the at yeah, the time as a middle schooler, blew my mind. <laughs> you can kill your wife. <laughs> Sing about it. I sing about it. To change the tune a little bit, my number two is How He Loves by Sean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> complete 180. Uh, yeah, complete 180. Uh, How He Loves by John, John Mark Millen. Uh, album's called Breaking Down. Yeah, I just uh, I connect this song to my first understanding of Christianity. And uh, I think most Christian media is pretty whack. It's pretty corny. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's a lack of passion. I think there is, uh, it's very studio driven, if that makes any sense. I couldn't think of like the right words. I feel like that's a really good way to explain it. It's It's top 40, but you're just like, it's it's that level of solace, but you're just slapping God words on to that and then making money. I, I could go on a rant forever about this, but I 100% agree with and, what you're saying. And they're usually like a couple of years behind in the music. They take a while to catch up, and they're never, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I've heard this song, and it's it's old now. The style, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My youth pastor, one of his messages, he openly said that he hates uh, Christian movies. Mm. And uh, he got a real pushback. I think he told me that he had a uh, a christian movie producer had a 30 minute conversation with him about like why his like view is wrong and i just thought that was Man, if you that was the funniest thing the, so he could not have said that any later than uh what 2014 
It had to be something of that before sort. that. Yeah. yeah. Name one good Christian movie pre 2014. It does not exist. The only thing that could come to mind, the and passion. I don't know if it's pre 2014. All right, fine. I'll give you the. Passion. Oh, okay. That's not the one I was thinking of, but yeah. Uh, Face of the Giants. Uh, yes. It's the not that movie. good, man. It's I, got one movie. good scene. And that's the only scene that Stonewall. I can. <laughs> Oh, Take yeah. off the blindfold. You're in the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I'd be left. I used to like that movie, and then like they showed it at summer camp, and I'm just like, this is awful. <laughs> like this is so bad. Yeah. I, I I just think you can laugh at the campiness, but mm-hmm. then yeah, that one that one scene Star Wars. was it was was good. Coach, so, I weigh one sixty. I didn't I didn't know that you could quote the movie. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> I came from a very uh, Christian centric household, so I. I watched that one, the movie before they made, which was called Flywheel. Then after they made Fireproof, then I think they made War Room, which I never saw. But you know. the scene in Fireproof where he's beating his computer to death with a baseball bat, and then somebody, like one of his neighbor, in the front yard driveway, and then one of his neighbors like drives up and is like, "How's it going?" and just walks into his house <laughs> was priceless, but also not a great movie on its own. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, we love. I think. <laughs> I was gonna say I had one more movie, but I I wasn't. Oh, no, by all means, I'm down to. This is fun. As and we're cruising, so we going, got time. Going going back and thinking about it, I don't know how good it is, but growing up in a Christian household, the first Left Behind movie wasn't awful. I don't know if it holds up now because it's also an '80s movie. Maybe it's '90s, but that those that first movie wasn't awful. Potentially, what is the uh, um the Christian Saw? Oh, I don't remember. Sent me the... That was wild. <laughs> it, it it was one of the greatest bad movies uh we i didn't even see it it was just a youtube video of some guy like talking about it um but i i low-key want to watch that one just to enjoy how bad it is the reconciler yes the reconciler it, it's halloween so it's spooky season you can watch it. it's a christian spooky movie a christian spooky movie i never would have guessed it is nicholas cage in the left behind i don't think so it's a uh, perk cameron oh okay it's I'm the same guy from fire look it up i know they redid oh, left behind yeah. more I... recently but let's see dang it was 2000 oh i might rotten tomatoes does not agree with me so maybe that was <laughs> i definitely had a part where i i didn't know what a good movie was but as a 16 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah 4.3 on IMDb out of 10, yeah. so that's a little better. Yeah, the Christians are on IMDb, not on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, the 2000, right. so... Okay. Uh, oh, it has a... On Rotten Tomatoes, though, it has a 56 audience score. Okay. Over 10,000 10, rating, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, back to... In other to, words, there's uh, approximately 5,000 people on the planet who like that movie. <laughs> and, and has the energy to, like... And, to respond, and has yeah. the know-how how to get on the internet. That's true. There's a lot of okay, grandmas. A lot of grandmas out there. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Back to how he loves. Uh, yeah. The only thing I'm gonna add is that I feel like uh, God can speak to you in different ways, and I think I just my love for music just like worked really well with how he loves and the church that I was going to did that song quite a bit, and it was a hit. I really enjoyed it. I think it explained the Bible better than the Bible to me. Yeah, I I freaking love that song. I think what David Crowder did to it. Should be punishable by life imprisonment. Although he didn't make a pot cross. No, it's not quite that bad. Um, but lock the man up. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I absolutely love that song. I love every. Um, have you heard the live version from the the live album he did? Uh, I saw the where where he's like crying. I, I saw I saw a video of him doing it live uh, where he explains what like how he love is about, and mm. that got to me. That was pretty emotional. Uh, but maybe uh, I'm not 
Maybe not the same. No, not the one I'm thinking of. It, uh, the album is called Live at the Night. Um, mm. And it's a live album. And oh, it was really, really good. Uh, his wife, who also has a couple uh, good songs. Beautiful voice. Uh, guest, yeah, she, she came on and guest starred. And they did a couple songs together, which was really cool. Fun fact, his brother-in-law looks like Ron Swanson. We saw them live. And he uh, he was playing like mandolin or something random. But I was just like, why the heck it's this ron swanson impersonator up here with john mark mcmillan and then at one point he was like this is my brother-in-law and his brother-in-law sang a verse and i was like that explains it but yeah you should check that out it's just a really good slight re um, rearranging he did some cool stuff that was just different his heart um, won't stop on that album is fantastic where he mixes in with mm-hmm. stand by me i love that yes really good really really cool um, love that album. Love that song. I thought it was on the album Medicine. Uh, Medicine may have had the song on it. It's it's been re-released several times okay. actually because yeah. it was on like it was on something before the Medicine. The Medicine kind of felt like his first album album yeah, as a it's fan. His first debut studio album. So maybe that's where I'm. Yeah. yeah. So I think how he loves. There was a longer version uh, that was on like an EP or something. It was it's like yellow and it's got a tree on the cover. And then there's kind of a radio edit on the medicine, and then it comes up again on Live in the Night. I wouldn't say it's rearranged, but he just does some different stuff because it's live and it slaps every single time. And honestly, so much of what that guy does is is exactly what Lou is saying. Like not only is he just doing a better job of presenting worship music that does what it's supposed to do than the overwhelming majority of quote worship artists but he's so many of his lyrics are just explaining biblical concepts in tangible ways that like they speak to you in a way that it's just so much easier to comprehend than just trying to read the bible and get the concept guy's brilliant and i will say there are some good non-mainstream christian artists like more rap and like metal christian Mm -hmm. rock group or like christian groups those are usually pretty solid, but yeah, mainstream Christian music, not a fan. Yeah, no, not good. Not good. Could go for hours on it, but I will try not to. My number two was released in 1967, and my top three is basically going to be like Mike, where you know, it was pushing on 80 years ago. But that is A Day in the Life by the Beatles from their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album. And it is, it's like a little bit of everything. If you like the Beatles, you'll most likely like the song. There is a, the, some psychedelic rock portion to it which can be a little jarring if you know people don't like that or it's not what they're going for but i i just man it is it it kind of is like bohemian rhapsody where it kind of switches between tempos and like melodies but then they there's parts where they bring in a full orchestra and everything and i i just really love it and i wish i could experience the that song again it kind of tells a story some of the the lyrics are what john lennon called gobbledygook just like a, a free form lyric that tried to tried to allow greater freedom of expression and create a supernatural calm by some of the the gobbledygook as he said which comes more in like some of his other songs like loosing the sky with diamonds has more gobbledygook and uh just some of like the other more uh psychedelic things but that does play a part into it it, it is fantastic it has both john and paul singing and would highly recommend which one do you like more beach boys or the beatles beatles uh, hands down like i like the beach boys and one of their songs did make my honorable mentions but their greatest hits album is really the only ones i like i've tried going back listening to their full albums and they're just not for me not all of them and it's a lot of surfer rock which they even admit they just continue to do surfer rock because they're making a buttload of money so respect them for i respect them for <laughs> right? that they're like yeah it brings us a huge paycheck why would we change but yeah beatles is probably my favorite classic rock band and i just i love what they what they did and what they've done and just like the the stories and everything from them i 
can't stand the Beatles, but they were incredible songwriters, and I have no choice but to admit that because I have never heard a Beatles cover that I didn't like. Yeah, you like the, is it Aerosmith that does a cover of Come Together? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it wouldn't it. be my number one uh, cover by them, but it is It is definitely a good one. Honestly, Come Together might be my favorite Beatles song. Well, no, it's Here Comes the Sun, but um, Come Together is a pretty strong solid song all on its own you a george harrison fan? Um, i don't know um i know that uh, mother nature's son is covered by john denver is freaking awesome as is john denver's let it be cover so i like john denver mm-hmm. and i like when he covers the beatles but i don't like when the beatles play their own music is it just because like i feel like the beatles are shoved down everyone's throats at least they used like even more so like when we were growing up i remember like some nickelodeon thing is like yeah the beatles are the greatest band ever is it, is it more like you're just kind of sick of it, or you not actually enjoy it? No, I um, when it was when I was getting into music, a bunch of people told me, they're like, you gotta go check out the Beatles, and I checked out the Beatles, and I was like, I don't get it. This is just not for me. And then it might be that people are always like, you don't like the Beatles? And it's like, no, dude, calm down. Like, um, I wouldn't get mad if someone didn't like Elvis, and uh, I like Elvis. And, and it's... I don't really like Star Wars, but I'm glad Star Wars existed because of what it did for special effects, you know, and I get, like, you can trace so many of my favorite bands back to the Beatles, I'm, and I'm really glad they got the ball rolling, but just didn't do it for me. How about you, Lou? What's, what do you think about the Beatles? Like, Beatle fatigue, I think. I also didn't like the comment that they said that they were bigger than Jesus. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to... Well, the, the population of the Earth was so much larger at that point that, you know... Well, and, like... Maybe not the percentage, yeah. but... And, like, it was a very British, like, dry, sarcastic thing to say. Like, I've heard, like, mm-hmm. Brits thought it, it was humorous, and then Americans were burning the records because, you know, they said something about Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. John Lennon probably sure. didn't... Definitely didn't care about, you know, Jesus, but... No. I don't think it was as big as some people make it out to be. But, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own thoughts yeah, sure. on that. That's fair. Yeah, I'm not one to, like, hold hard to that. It was just something that was just like, huh, that's fair. And I've seen videos of, like, of them uh, being, I guess, like, people freaking out when, like, the Beatles were around. I was like, oh, yeah, they were pretty yeah, large. I, yeah, I have nine, yeah, I have nine songs saved on my Spotify. Uh, I would I would say Help is probably my favorite Beatles song. I mm-hmm. think the problem with me with Beatles is that I never deep-dived into some of the more non-popular stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe if I took some time and really got into like, you know, got into a little bit deeper than I would appreciate it. But and I'm my favorite. You can I I you're good. Would recommend to anyone that's like kind of wondering where to start for Beatles or whatever. Revolver. I, that's probably one of my favorite albums by them. It's either that or Sgt. Pepper, but Revolver is a good album. Um, they're a fun Beatles story. Not really a Beatles story, but sort of. Uh, we were playing Mao at camp. And uh, to be very vague, when a certain thing happens, uh, it triggers a requirement that a certain player name a beetle, and failure results in a punishment. And this this kid who just clearly had no idea who the Beatles were finally figured out, like, okay, this is this is what triggers this. And he, you know, he does his thing, and he just gets the biggest smile on his face, and he goes, "Dung beetle." And, we <laughs> him. and then he like he finally like he, he paid attention for a little longer and then he was like he thought he had it and he, he does this thing again and he goes john legend and i was like mm, not quite close enough and we penalized him again Gosh, i hate that game so much <laughs> i hate that game i hate it so much the second time we talked about the stupid game on the podcast i hope that game dies great game uh, 
All right, my number two is a song I discovered through Guitar Hero that I really wish I could have discovered a different way. But at the same time, I think most of us only discovered it because of Guitar Hero, and I probably wouldn't have discovered it another way. Can I, can I make a guess? Um, I, I, oh, you're you're dead on. You know what it is, is already. Is it carry um, on my wayward son? No, never mind. Oh. You're not even close. Uh, it, that was going to be my guess as well. It is a song that I didn't get to fully appreciate. Oh, through the fire the flames. Because yeah, because I was getting my socks blown off by how freaking difficult it was, and I don't even think it's the best Dragon Force song by a mile. It just blew up because it was so hard on uh, on Guitar Hero, but I, I listen to Ultra Breakdown every now and then, which is the album that that song is on, and that song's just, it's incredible, and it's people doing stuff with all of their instruments, but specifically guitars that I couldn't even have fathomed to that point, and yeah, it'd be really cool to get to appreciate that without just sweating profusely and just like freaking out, because I was like, I didn't realize you couldn't fail during the credits. So I was desperately trying to keep up with this song, and I couldn't have lost if I wanted to. And then I was—I had this like big head for a bit because I was like, I completed "Do the Fire and the Flames" on the first try on hard mode, and then someone's like, "Do it again," and it just completely destroyed me. And I was like, "Oh, you couldn't lose the first time, could you?" Yeah, it'd be cool. What be song? To... I don't think you were clear. Oh, what no, song? Sorry, I'm sorry. What song? Through the Fire and the Flames by Dragon Force. Gotcha. By Dragon Force. There's Dragon also Force. a um, what's that? accordion there's an accordion cover on youtube by these what? brothers and like when you look at it you're like ah this is gonna be a funny joke and then you're like i didn't know the accordion could do that and it's mind-blowing pretty pretty wild song just in terms of pure high octane guitar craziness yeah, i think the best i ever did was 75 percent on hard which hey i'll take that's that's not bad at all i do not remember the song at all i'm gonna have to look it, was it up a, it was a secret unlock in Guitar, I thought one well, no, may not be secret. I don't know. It was a guitar. Hero I think you 3, unlocked though. it for beat. It was Guitar Hero Three. You unlocked it for beating the game or like the pro, like the story mode. Which um, and the the last battle in that game where it's double came down to Georgia on even on hard. Ooh. Oh my gosh, it was it's wild. That was such a hard. Yeah, song. that was brutal. The Morander Brothers about a year ago released the Through the Fire and the Flames accordion cover, and uh, it's freaking nuts. I'd, I'd almost consider making the accordion cover number two because it blew my mind almost more than the song did at that point. <laughs> oh, I just thought of one that would have... Man, that might have been... I don't know. It wouldn't be number one, but I feel like it just came to my mind. The Halo theme. Like, hearing that for the first time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even a Halo fan, but I can respect that. I'll add it to the playlist so people listen to it. My favorite Guitar Hero song is Message in the Bottle. I don't Ooh, know by the police. One. Yeah. Yep. That was a really good one. I don't know. I feel like I was vibing with that one for sure. Only... That's a that's a great song and a lot of fun to play. Yeah. The only problem with Guitar Sorry. Hero Two, which I didn't notice at the time, but like now like going back and listen to it, a lot of them are covers because they didn't have the the, the oh, rights to the main one. So yeah, they didn't have Guitar the master track. Well, yeah. Yeah. One and two are covers. All the DLC and like extra songs on two are original master tracked, but three was the first one where they're all master tracked by the artist itself. But whoever did the cover for those songs did a great job. It, yeah, they did an incredible job. And honestly though, like they, there were a couple where I could tell the difference. And because I heard them first on guitar hero, I've always been slightly like, I don't remember which ones they are anymore, but there are Pretty songs hard. that I've been slightly annoyed because it's like, this isn't as good as it sounds on guitar hero. And it turns out that it actually was that I just like the cover a little bit more. You're just a cover guy. 
can you say? I, I really am. I love I love a good cover. For a long time, I was really interested. I was uh, really into band covers, like uh, marching band covers. I don't so know why. Random. It was just something I was really into. And it is so random. I had a little season in my life where I was into that. <laughs> Not anymore, but I mean, I like it when a <laughs> band has like a theme night and they play songs, you know. But yeah, I've never like really went out and searched for it. Yeah, there's some bangers, man. My uh, my uncle got a new house, eh, not not recently anymore, a couple of years ago, and he was like, we're going to have to have you over uh, like early fall because we live really close to a high school. And I was like, oh, that's got to be annoying. He's like, no, man. Marching band gets out there. They start playing covers. It's awesome. And I was just like, all right, you know what? That sounds like actually not, not a bad vibe. Like fire up the grill, crack open a few beers, listen to a bunch of high schoolers play Katy Perry on woodwinds. I could see that. I probably yeah, just dated myself. I don't know if they're still... Still, uh, I don't know if they're still covering Katy Perry. I don't know what they're covering now. I feel but... like Katy Perry made somewhat of a, come, a comeback, but it's definitely Taylor Swift now. Which I'm surprised mm, she's sense. kept broken into like the the Gen Z. Yeah, me yeah, too. She's uh, doing the work, man. Good for Taylor her, Swift uh, is another another artist where I'm like, I got no issue with you, but I prefer your covers to your main tracks. It's true. Like the I Prevail Blank Space cover. Mm, fire. Sorry, I, I ruined the entire podcast. The Swifties are going to kill all of us now, but you know. Hey, there's no such thing as bad uh, bad publicity. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, my number one. I did expect this to be my number one. I don't love this artist. I, I have followed this artist since uh, he's came out, but it's Pink and White by Frank Ocean, and the album is Blonde. Uh, I think it's just a perfect song. I, I, I can't knock it for anything. It's It does have a help. It does have its help because it's produced by my favorite producer, which is Pharrell. I'm a big Pharrell fan. I I think he he has a signature like beat. So every Pharrell song that he makes, except for this one, which I just just came up with that. I just thought of that. Uh, He has like a three beat and then he goes into the song. So if you listen to any Pharrell song or any rap song and it goes dot 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 and then starts the song, it's a Pharrell song, which is a really cool little signature he has. But yeah, this song is great it's about family that some of his family died in in uh, katrina and he's just reminiscing on the things that he was taught yeah a lot of my songs a lot of my favorite songs are either about broken relationships or death i've noticed songs bring it brings me a lot of joy i recommend listening to the song also with headphones or in your car i don't know if you guys can hear that my dog's making some weird sounds no, I can't hear. Are you just making weird sounds and blaming your dog? I, I probably could blame, like, if I did have a, a really loud, like, stomach rumble, probably could blame it on the dog. <laughs> the sound she's making. Oh Sorry, guys. Oh, Becca just walked by and her stomach was rumbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never really, like, got into Pharrell as an artist himself. Like, I just know the, the f- big features he's on. But I, I know, I've heard he's done a lot, so, you know, for pr- producing-wise. I love his hats. Yeah, the sets are good. Yeah, yeah. Even, um, I, I think, like, people just know him by Happy, and there's just, like, so much more to that. He also made a super problematic uh, song with Robin Thicke. So, oh, you did that one, too? Yeah, yeah. Which, uh... Wasn't it the music video yeah. that was the problem? Uh, well, I mean, like, the whole idea of blurred lines and about, like, mm. what's okay. So, yeah, I mean, everybody has their their misses. Narrative was the was the band that Pharrell was in. And they have some bangers, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're super cheesy. It's super corny, but I, I think it's really good, too. So My number one was made in 1979 by a little band called Pink Floyd on their Wall album, and that is Comfortably Numb. 
this was a hard choice for me. I actually had it switched out with another Pink Floyd song called Wish You Were Here. But that kind of goes into what I was talking about before, where I, I narrowed it down to just like the first time. Because Wish You Were Here, once you like learn the song, like what it's about and all that, really grows on me. But this one, like right out of the gate, it is such a good song and it has like very chilling guitar solo and it's it's so great. And it it is part of a bigger story. So The Wall is a, a big concept album, so it tells a story and there's more to it. But you hear it on the radio all the time and you can listen to it um, away from the story and it's it's I, I love lyrically what they did and you know all the the instruments are just so good and i think it's like prime pink floyd or like if you think pink floyd a lot of people think another song for the album is like another brick in the wall but like this really shows like their their craftsmanship and just how thoughtful and like how much they can do in one song and i think it's it's such a good song and it's just go listen to it if you haven't go, go turn off the lights put on some nice headphones and just vibe to it i feel like it just changed my life just how awesome it was never uh did, i i should give pink floyd a try because i've gotten more into some of the the 70s classic rock in recent years and uh they, they never really hit for me previously but i'd uh i'd be I, i'd always rather like music than not like it you know mm-hmm. so yeah definitely yeah, that's definitely. a really good way of saying it especially with pink floyd i would say stick to like the big three which is uh dark side of the moon obviously everyone knows at mm-hmm. least the cover album then wish you were here and the wall other than that, they're into some really like uh, experimental and psychedelic. That's not always for everyone, but if you're trying to get into them, those are like the three easiest and most friendly. Because they did make a lot of albums, and they're kind of like Stephen King, where there's really, really good ones, but then also there's some duds. So, <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that our number ones were going to be like insanely different, um, and I, I think I'm correct, unless Mike's is also a psychedelic song. Uh, nope, I got a obscure indie tune. Yeah, for me, um, my number one. Or we, we are we good on yeah on Floyd? okay cool for me my uh, my number one is a song called Seattle and it's a song by a band called the Classic Crime who by sheer volume I think deserve to be ranked my number like my favorite band the reason none of their other songs made it on here is because every single album they've ever put out. I did not like the majority of it. And then I listened to it a little bit more because I'd get a couple earworms and I'd try and track the song down. Because like I liked a lot of their songs, but I didn't like the album. And then the more time I'd spend with the album, the more I'd like it. And so they have now, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight albums out. And uh, there is one song across all eight of those albums that I'm not crazy about. And it's not even a skip. Like, it's just like, a, eh, it's not the best, which is just nuts. But as a whole, like, their last three albums specifically, I've listened, I've been really excited. Oh, the new album's coming out. I'm listening to it, and I go, eh. And then I go back to it every now and then, and I start to like it. And so the last time the album came out, I didn't like it. And then I thought about it a week later. I was like, oh, I'm going to like this album. I just need to listen to it five more times. But going all the way back to Seattle, which is just a random song, uh, it's the opening track to just like an acoustic EP they did. It was the first, it was a song that I'd never heard anything like it before. They were mixing a full drum kit in with, uh, really this wasn't even an acoustic song. It was just really, really light for them. The rest of the album was more acoustic. But it just, the way they were doing tempo and the drums and really, really light instrumental work over the vocals during the, the verses. And then you'd get to the chorus and because of how chill it was during the verses, you could you didn't have to bring in a ton of like heavy distortion on the guitar. You were just able to have everybody kind of jam and jump in on the the, the choruses. And yeah, it, it, um, lyrically, 
Um, I'm really into it. It's a, it's kind of a song, as far as I can tell, about wanting to come home because chasing your dream just hasn't panned out yet. You know, it's like I I really I thought I'd make it by now, and it hasn't happened. And um, you know, the lure of just giving up, which doesn't make sense if you've never chased a dream for a long time. Um, but there is a lot of disappointment that comes with chasing dreams. And it's just, it was really interesting to hear that put into words. And then also the way they did it was just, I, I didn't have a huge, vast knowledge of music. I, I probably still don't compared to what I could, but it was very limited at the time. And so it just seemed, it seemed earth shattering and like they were redefining what music could be for me. And so, yeah, check it out. If you uh, you haven't heard it, it's it's worth a, worth a listen. What's the band's called? What's the, band the classic crime. Classic. Uh, yeah, I, I I heard this song because Alex, uh, your boss, uh, he was he was into the band and he showed me. And I don't even know if he likes the band anymore, but I've become kind of a diehard. I haven't heard either of your guys' number ones. Have you heard of my number one? Nope. <laughs> yeah. All right. no, I, I'm uh, surprised. I had a no, suspicion. Very cool. You've never heard of comfortably. I mean, I've never heard. I, to my knowledge, I've never heard comfortably numb, but I've at least heard of comfortably numb. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect anyone to have even heard of my number one. I've at least heard of your artist, though, so that's something. That's fair. Maybe I like in passing. I've heard comfortably numb. Honestly, the only thing I can think of is the dark side of the moon when it comes to that band. All right, are we good? Rob's got next pick. Yeah. So next week we're gonna have a guest on the podcast we've we've talked about before, but it's gonna be Trainer Cantwell, and the topic's gonna be top three Ooh. Pokemon games, but that also includes third party games. So that could be. Like Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Trading Card Game. Any game with Pokemon in the title is is fair game to be. Do they have to be officially licensed by Nintendo? Give me. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, what do you mean by officially licensed? No, I'll, I'll, for the sake of diversity, because I think we might have a lot. We're gonna say, yeah. How about one, one per per list? Sure. I mean, I'm probably not gonna have any ROM hacks. Yeah, you can. Yeah, ROM hacks. We'll include that in there. I got a couple of hands. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the Top Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcast, please comment and leave a review alone. Hope you have a great week. Peace. Where we go, we won't need roads. Oh, that's good. No, maybe something else. No, I'll we'll, we'll leave it at that. Keep it. Chuck it. One time I was. Uh, we didn't really have a twerk team. We didn't have a cheerleading team. We had a twerk team. <laughs>